So you're locking more people up for possession for possession charges. Yeah. But they're just enjoying it. They gotta get it from somewhere. Yo, Space Gang. Welcome to a brand new episode of the BK Space Show. I am your host, VBK Space, and I am here with my very lovely co-host. Nova Kane, baby. All right, Space Gang, we got a really good show for you today. But before we get into all that, I need you to do me a favor and head over to www.thebkspaceshow.com where you can get all our audio and video commentary and podcast shows and blogs and, 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 no, it's tripping over there. And you can get our new merch. Check it out. We rocking it today. We finally got a chance to rock it together on the show. Look at, look at. We out here. Y'all look at these shirts and tell us they ain't beautiful. Tell me they ain't beautiful. You be lying. You better get you one before they go away because you know they're not supposed to be here forever. Um, but, but, but you know, you go ahead and grab yours, and then the next wave because there will be a wave too of a different design. So you know. You never know when that's going to pop up. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following the show everywhere. And shout out to everyone that has purchased so far. You know, we got the shirts and the masks. And we also have stickers as well. So yep. shout out to everyone that's showing the support so far. We love you guys. Like, it's it's a little overwhelming a little bit. For real, for real. Like, when I saw how many people we had ordered so far, I'm just like, yeah. So shout out to y'all. Yeah, man. That's really dope. And, you know, I've seen some pictures of some people in them already. If you haven't posted your photo, definitely do that so we can post you on the pages on our Instagram, on our uh, Facebook. Who knows? Maybe we post you on the website. That way, we know you'll be there forever. Um, let's. Oh, but also, 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 do us a favor. You gotta go over to Apple Podcast and listen to the show, review the show, and give us a five star rating so we'll know which way we need to grow next. So, Nova King. How was, your, how was your weekend? This weekend, I ain't gonna hold you. It was a little tough at first. It was a little, it's a lot of little things going on in my personal life, and I'm just a little, I'm not upset, but it's a little frustrating. You know how I can get, but I'm staying strong no matter what. I enjoy Mother's Day with my mom, though. I did end up going to spend some time with her on Mother's Day, and I saw her beautiful garden. If you follow me on TikTok or Facebook, you you have seen the TikTok and her garden is just so beautiful. I'm always impressed with her gardening and her plants. So yeah. I was just so pressed to see it. How was your weekend, BK? Uh, my weekend was cool. You know, I didn't really do a lot. I, I cooked out a little bit on the grill for Mother's Day. Um, I wasn't with my mom or anything like that because she lives in another city. And you know, with the Corona, the Rona thing going on and everything else is going on, I, I try to limit my travel time as much as possible. And as much as I love Mother's Day, there's still Father's Day and I'll be home for that. So yeah, you know, you just kind of have to pick your battles right now. That's very true. And but, Father's Day is the day after Juneteenth this year. Bet. yeah and which make sure y'all celebrate juneteenth too you know mm-hmm. um i'm gonna try to celebrate a little bit more who knows maybe we figure something out we're gonna be on break during june so i got time to do a lot of stuff yeah you know yeah. maybe we upgrade the show a little bit you know do some maintenance around here and um you know just enjoy the the summer as much as possible because my kids don't get out of school till my birthday which is on the 8th of june which is because of the pain the 
yeah, you know, it kind of, um, yeah, kind of uh, extended their whatever their school days or whatnot. So that's a little weird right now. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, oh, 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 no, 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 it's not pretty much it. The SWV versus Escape, right? Yes. Um, versus Battle. I watched the back end of it. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, actually. Like each versus is like it gets better, better, better production wise. Yeah. So like the two, they had a group over here on this stage, and then they had another had the other group on this stage, and like it was just nice. It was just nice to see these beautiful black women come together and show off their hits. Um, SWV and Escape, they both still are very beautiful women. Uh, the talent is still is still there. Oh my gosh, the talent is definitely still there, and um, it was just it was just a nice occasion. I didn't see the first half, but I saw a lot of people complaining about it. But people are always yeah. gonna complain about something. It's gonna but always. I be, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's gonna always be complaints and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand that people. Everybody's not gonna be happy one hundred percent of the time. And Very true. you know, it's it's good to see that they're still going. But you know. They've been rocking Essence, the Essence Festival, for years, you know, and you always see, uh, I think it, I know SWV is there a lot, and I think Escape 2 as well, and some other groups, like, the yeah, female. There a couple of times, mm -hmm. but they haven't had, like, the full group in the Essence Festival for a couple of years. It would be, like, uh, the Sisters and maybe Candy, but yeah. sometimes it wouldn't be all four. So, uh, what about this whole, um... Candy versus One Ye from Boys to Man thing. Did you read up on any of that? I saw a little bit about it. Apparently, Candy said that One Ye was really hard to work with or something. Well, she said the entire group. They asked her who was the uh, hardest group to work with or hardest people to work with in the studio or whatnot. I can't and remember what she said. What Boys to Men? Yeah, she, she named dropped Boys to Men. Which I, I mean, you know, facts are facts. If it's the truth, it's the truth. You know? But I don't think, and she definitely said there was no ill will or anything like that. But I think uh, one year, and maybe some of the other members may have taken offense to that. But you know, your reputation is your reputation, so I can understand. They from Philly, that. right? Yeah, I think so. She probably just wasn't ready for that Philly energy. Maybe, maybe, or maybe they just really, you know, I ain't gonna say that because I love the boys, man, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what? recently here with the whole world of pop culture thing, I'm like okay unless it's just some really really crazy outrageous stuff i'm like i'm starting to really separate art from the lives of these artists because historically artists have always been problematic so in any era genre so it doesn't it doesn't matter whether it's music uh the painting world the sculpting world come on man we had a whole dude cut off his ear so you know i'm just saying artists as a person who dibs and dabs in some art, even this is considered an art form. So, you it's know, true. we all have our different quirks and issues and situations. You know, comedians, usually comedians are really dark or they have really tough lives. So, you know, you just never know. You never know. You never know. It's nice. But unless you got something else to add to any of that, <laughs> we got to get into this conversation that we were planning on having before we start the conversation there's one more thing i wanted to say it is mental health awareness month i know i said it last show and i'm gonna say it every show for the month of may it's mental health awareness month 
take care of your mental health people is very important. Your mental health is as important as your emotional health and your physical health. So take care of your mental. Reach out to your loved ones. Reach out to those people that you know that are struggling. Reach out to get help if you need help. And no one can help you unless you want the help. So that's all I had to say for that for today. That's my tidbit of my mental health today. Also, I just want to say, you looking good in that shirt, man. Like, yo, yo, that shirt is popping, like for real, for real. I really love the colors in it. Like, like when we were designing the shirts, I didn't expect them to pop out this well. Like, it's really, really nice. And the mask. Oh, I'm so in love with the mask. I'm so in love with the mask. Like, I don't. We did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely loving the designs and stuff we came up with. Like, it looks really good. It looks really good. Um, so I know this is a bit of a controversial topic for most, and when I say it's it's more of like on the lines of race. Let's just be real here, because depending on where you stand politically, what uh, where you feel about race relationships. Um, this topic you kind of stand on a different side you know it's very you know what forget all that look we talking about the war on drugs and the bullshit that it brought along with it okay all right so let's just, just go ahead and just pull that band-aid off because the war on drugs for lack of a better opinion today was bullshit yeah and it was a failure and because of that war on drugs um a lot of things that we're going through now was either exacerbated or never eliminated correctly it was just never dealt with the right way as far as drugs and so before i give you the mic to you for a second let me just go ahead and give you a bit of a history of what the warm drugs is if you uh, is if you do not know um president nixon back in june of 1971 actually started the war on drugs it was uh, which i'm just finding this out because you know we all kind of just completely blame reagan like it was an original idea it was not an original idea reagan doesn't mean he's not the bad guy in this situation mm -hmm. but the war on drugs itself was started um by nixon and it was uh targeted at the chinese um immigrants that was coming to the country mm -hmm. because you know propaganda and things like that um, a lot of the stereotypes and stuff that we have in relations to say marijuana um, was started as propaganda you yes. know um, even the Latino Mexican Spanish community that was here that was immigrants here were being blamed for being lazy and the reason for that was like they marijuana was one of the reasons and they put up posters and things like that about that so you know there's a snowballing history especially with marijuana because the government has this thing about only targeting things that they don't benefit from oh, there you go. like in certain places you can't um collect rainwater Mm -hmm. because a business the the water business that we have in our country lobbied against that and so you know you can't collect rainwater you have to get it from a city source or a state source or whatever um because you gotta pay you know so 
you know it's that's the type of thing that's going on especially with marijuana and we're not focusing just on marijuana we're focusing on drugs and its culture and some of the things that led to uh well and the bullshit war on drugs and i'm gonna keep saying it like way, that way so you guys really understand that the war on drugs really was a failure. complete bullshit complete yes. bullshit and it's crazy because like the hardcore drugs we think of like heroin cocaine opium um they were used for medical use in the 1800s yep you know up until i want to say i don't know the exact date because i did not check it double check it but i want to say like as earlier as like 1910 or something they stopped it so how do we go from using it as a medical standpoint to now people are strung out and now we're having this war on drugs you know bullshit so it's it's a little weird it's crazy to me now that first of all um like i told you guys reagan did not start it it was nixon and reagan just added his two cents into it and made it way worse than what was already going on um and it began to stereotype um disproportionately communities of color especially the black community um and you can see it in the statistics um that we're going to try to get into some of them here if you just look at these numbers a lot of them are really outrageous especially when it comes down to um the use of marijuana because a we all know that it's not a drug and b you know politically it's it's like one of the biggest political hang-ups in recent history other than black people getting some of the uh protections and stuff that we're so desperately needing you know like in certain places they're lynching laws and shit you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying you know, that and what's so crazy about the word marijuana is that it's it's a made-up word for propaganda yeah the word is cannabis <laughs> yeah. so it's crazy that they that they even make up these words for propaganda yeah and not lynching laws i meant to say i'm getting anti-lynching laws but anyway but yeah you're absolutely right a lot of this stuff uh, a lot of the things that we uh attribute to certain races is just a work of propaganda especially right after the right after slavery when we decided we well when we were freed when we were freed um Everybody that's listening, we got some air quotes going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were freed by, you know, Abraham. Mm-hmm. That's another situation that I don't know. Anyway, um, they, you know, the, the propaganda campaigns began. You know, we're lazy. Black people are lazy. They don't want to work. They don't want to do something. And it still is perpetuated to this day. Like, to this day. You're telling me that the people that pretty much built this country forced are are lazy that didn't make any sense right it doesn't like <laughs> what like that's what i'm saying like i don't want this to turn into a debate about slavery because that's not what we're here for today but i just <laughs> really want you guys to understand how propaganda works like mm-hmm. that's just the biggest most egregious of them all that you attribute something like the people who were literally forced to work for hundreds of years is like 400 and then you say yeah. oh they lazy because we don't want to work for free and even right now a lot of these arguments is going on with these jobs you know are saying that yeah and people are saying that 
oh, they don't want to work. No, no, it's not that no one wants to work. It's no one wants to work for free. The fact is, in the matter is that salaries are trash right now. Like Very. minimum wage, I think the average minimum wage, if I'm not mistaken, is seven dollars. Seven twenty-five. For the country, right? Seven twenty-five. Yeah. That doesn't even make any sense. You can't live on seven twenty-five. You can't live on seven twenty-five. Like what? And you think I'm finna put up with a bunch of bullshit already on top of me not being able to work? I mean, being able to live on a salary, then I have to deal with all types of rude customers because people see lower jobs as not important, you know, than Jacob that sits in the office that works for a bank versus John that works at McDonald's. You know, John's not important, even though you spend 95% of your time in John's parking lot asking mm -hmm. John to make your burger, but you know, he ain't important though. You know, just saying. Mm -hmm. You you don't have enough time to cook dinner, but you're going to go see John every other day because you're hungry, but he not important. How right? is he not important? Right, those lower paying jobs should be more, being paid more. People need to be paid Most more. Because they actually, especially right now, if the pan, pan minimum has taught <laughs> us, has taught us anything is that A, the way people are working is sorely wrong like we should be working 40 hours a week we're getting stuff done the same amount of things done with less time on the clock because we're at home most of us so we're sitting here maybe working what 15 hours out the mm -hmm. week and we're still very productive so very a lot of people productive. a lot of people are rethinking their jobs and those people that do have to sit at the computer for long hours 30 40 hours a week they're starting to see that they don't really like their job because hey i was only going to work for the drama i was only going to work to talk to, to, talk to people yeah like for to the socialization mm -hmm. because really and we're way off subject here but really <laughs> the whole workforce thing is um basically just socialization we have literally ingrained ourselves into our work and that's really kind of wrong like our work should just be how we make money it should not define who we are so we're supposed to be talking about the war on drugs and how that affected the community the, the regular community on an everyday mm -hmm. basis so when you the reason this stuff is important and why we want to talk about the war on drugs and how it messed up the communities all together is because of the way it was targeting fathers taking fathers out of homes um it was making it hard for people to work people was getting ptsd because of uh, the way the police was rolling up on the houses these things have a mental issue you have ptsd from these things and you can spiral out of control it's basically abuse it's just like abuse like you go through these abuses and then you start having these problems mentally and then boom all of a sudden this shit snowballs mm -hmm. into a a bigger situation within the community within uh communities as a whole and it was only a matter of time before it hit white america too yeah it may have started in the black community but now those things that the war on drugs started and the problems that came out of it snowballed into a lot of problems where the drugs was continuing to being spread because people had to make a living couldn't find jobs um or the mental people doing drugs for mental health issues that wasn't really taken care of the the prison system that you kept putting people in jail and not rehabilitating the criminals 
Mm-hmm. And so they just come out and continue to do the same thing. But then when they come out, they can't find work. And then they want to get away from their problems. And then boom, they drinking and drunk, doing drugs again. So it's like a system. The war on drugs was way more damaging to the country than I don't know, just leaving the small amount of people that was doing drugs in the first place alone. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, drugs have been around forever. People have been doing drugs forever. <laughs> yep. So, like, what? I kind of felt like America couldn't find a way to properly, like, tax it and everything or try to or make money from it. So that's mm-hmm. why we had to come up with this whole quote-unquote war on drugs. Yeah. So. I mean, look, look what happened with uh, the prohibition, mm-hmm. you know? The government cracked down on it and then it became legal because there was no way they were going to win that no it was no way people liked alcohol so they had to legalize it that's pretty much where we are with cannabis right now yep people like cannabis we figured out the war on drugs was bullshit, and here we are here we are marijuana is legal in places do you know in Oregon? is it oregon yes oregon that cocaine is now legal no, I didn't know that. They just passed it this past election. Why? Cocaine, psychedelics like mushrooms, of course, cannabis already been legal. Yeah. Um, they have this idea of like, if it's legalized, and I think we read a little bit of, about this earlier, if it's legalized, then there'll be less addicts because it's more of a norm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like people are trying to stick around and like sneak around and do it. So there'll be more programs to be educated about it To If you do have an addiction, there'll be more programs to help you with your addiction instead of like looking down on you because this is your choice. Also, also prescription drugs are extremely addictive. Yeah. Like these Percocets, um, Oxycode and all of those like painkillers are are addicting they are they're very they're very addictive but yeah. they're prescribed they are prescribed and you know? even, even with that there's a racial issue because it's been statistically shown that when a black person goes into the hospital and they ask for pain medication they don't receive them because they are supposedly more likely to become addicted to it and no, mm-hmm. and you want to know why that is? The propaganda of the war on drugs. So here we go. Boom. Now I'm in the hospital, and I'm in pain, and I need these legal medications. And you telling me I I can't get it, or you just not coming? I'm pressing the nurses button, and you not showing up. What? Like. And it's all because of propaganda and the war on drugs. See, I keep coming back to this because, again, the war on drugs was so trash, it's man. It's trash. It's trash. It, like you said, it's just, I kind of feel like it didn't make it worse. Yeah, it didn't it make did. it worse. And then next thing you know, like, they're screaming about the war on drugs. And then Reagan gets into office and crack cocaine is pushed into our neighborhood. Yeah. You know, like. I remember having this conversation a lot with a lot of people like that lived through the 70s, the 80s, 90s. And they're like, shoot, crack was like the thing. That was the it thing. Like if you weren't selling it, you were smoking it. And if you weren't doing neither, you were going to parties and you saw it all the time. You know? So it's definitely bullshit. Um, And I feel like that 
The government didn't really care until we had a quote unquote opium crisis. Yeah, and that's this the, is this past decade. Yeah, the past what two three years <laughs> has yeah. really been going hard on this opium crisis. It wasn't an issue until. Um, it wasn't a serious issue other than before then before it hit the white neighborhood the young white people um i hate to say it that way but it's kind of the truth people before it hit the young white rich neighborhoods um it was it was a crime now it's a it's a disease mm -hmm. and drug addiction isn't a, is a disease it is but i'm just saying the way they classified it was beforehand it was a crime when i remember i just said that no one was getting the help that they deserved and needed because it was just a crime so they just put you back out on the street now now it's a disease and you know you can get all the help you want and now we're decriminalizing a bunch of these things and now we're letting these small tiny possessions go you know and now we're giving the option to go to drugs I feel like all possessions of especially cannabis, like a lot of a lot of our black peers, compadres, a lot of people in the black community has been hit with like marijuana possession, marijuana charges and everything. And it has been simple things like simple possession. So simple possession yep. is pretty much like less than a gram or a gram. A gram is like a blunt. Like why am I getting thrown in jail for a blunt? You know? Um. But if you were trafficking and you doing like that big that big kingpin shit i could understand being charged for that because like i said america has a how to tax it you know so we legalize maybe in the next 10 years hopefully i mean house of representatives just passed it we just did that in the um 2020 2020 yeah. recap show where the house of representatives just passed the legalization for cannabis like yeah. this past december so i mean of course it's still going to take a while for it to be finalized and everything you got to go through senate blah 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 but it's crazy because everyone knows i'm a cannabis connoisseur like i love my cannabis yeah. but out of everything cannabis has not been recorded to kill anybody you can't get a disease like the most that you can do is have like if you're smoking it all day every day and you decide to just stop you can have like digestive issues but it's not going to kill you yeah but before we jump into something else i did want to look at this um this article there's, there's a graph here from the aclu.org mm -hmm. um it's called a tale of two countries racially targeted arrest in the era of marijuana reform and this basically goes from 2010 to 2018 where they put a bunch of statistics together it's a bunch of stuff here we don't have time to get into all of it but here on the the national arrest for marijuana possession and sales from 2010 to 2018 if you look at the graph here from 2010 to 2018 the people that were selling the marijuana Mm -hmm. are under 200,000 for the, the national database okay now that's an eight year period people. now if you look at the eight year period for people with possession that's more that, than 700,000 between I told you it's under 200,000 mm -hmm. for sales no we talking about possession though uh, yeah and, and on the possession I mm -hmm. just want you to see the difference here 
with the possession is over six hundred thousand. Yeah. Or what from twenty ten to like twenty thirteen, and then it started to drop, but it does not drop under five hundred thousand, maybe. So no, it's somewhere between four hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> so like that is what two two hundred thousand more people. 400,000 more people because you said 200 it's just at the 200,000 level for under, sales under 200,000 under 200,000 so that's like 500,000 of a difference on average um, on average like a, if that's a average, half a million yeah. compared to sales and that just doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense so you're locking more people up for possession for possession charges yep but they're just enjoying it. They got to get it from somewhere. And you know? on, on top of that, like in 20 here, right here, it says in 2018, 43.2% of all drug arrests, that's everything, were for marijuana offenses. That's, wait, that's, that's including all the drugs, right? All the drugs. And, and 48%? You, all right. So I'm, I'm scrolling down to figure four here. And it says a number number of arrests by drug type. Marijuana is over five hundred thousand, somewhere between seven hundred and fifty thousand, and its lowest is still over five hundred thousand in the eight. In what a four? That's a five year period. So from two thousand to two thousand fifteen, if we just stop at two thousand fifteen, it it was around six hundred thousand because it started to tick back up. So. Um, which is crazy and then like for opium and cocaine which goes back to our point about how the opioids became a disease versus you know a drug addiction type criminal offense rather um, we dropped down to uh, 250,000 a little bit over that for uh, non-narcotic drugs and opium drugs like they literally are neck and neck in 2015 and synthetic nar narcotics um, is under 250,000 as well. So the reason we're pointing this out is because it definitely seems like a lot of black people's drug of choice is marijuana. Mm -hmm. It's factual. And it definitely looks like that's how the arrests are going. Like. <laughs> A lot of black people been arrested and i don't know white people do marijuana too that's not what i'm saying everybody I'm smokes a little bit of yeah. tree but but i'm just saying by large we're kind of like the face of marijuana in america i mean we definitely are, need a reform yeah like i know some i know some states have already passed like a reform like simple possession and smaller possessions like maybe an ounce or something but of course they're not going to get rid of like trafficking charges because i mean that makes sense but anybody that's like just have their personal stuff on them or or anybody that like even if you have like a distribution charge that should that definitely you're not going to get around you're not you're probably not going to get around that but anything yeah. possession should be wiped away i think so it's as just well. cannabis yeah and uh, we gotta legalize it we have to because i'm looking at these numbers uh the states with the highest marijuana possession arrest in 2018 uh -oh. south dakota was right at 700,000. south dakota though yeah south carolina i 
I've never West. visited South Dakota, but I'm pretty sure all you can do there is smoke weed. <laughs> South Carolina is second uh, with like a little bit under 700,000. South Carolina? That's a mm-hmm. red state. I lived in South Carolina for some years. Wyoming is right at 600,000. West Virginia is, that's where like the difference is here. It's way lower with uh, maybe like 480, or I want to say like 440,000. That's still pretty uh, high, though. Like, it's that's pretty high, but I'm, just, I'm saying like the jump between it is a little bit lower. Oh, okay. Georgia is right at like 420,000. Uh, Louisiana and Nebraska is over 400,000, but less than Georgia. Then you got New Jersey and Tennessee. They're pretty well. New Jersey is around 380. Tennessee, Utah, Missouri. Are, you, you get where I'm going here. So before we get into all of the other drugs and the next topic, there is a little history that I learned recently at the um, the History of Cannabis Museum here in DC. Mm-hmm. So when they were colonizing America, well, the United States, I should say, when they were colonizing the United States of America, um, the governments of Great Britain we're trying to like drag people in to like you know come and live here and you know have your property blah 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 yeah there were a few requirements that they had to have the biggest one was that they had to have a farm you know yeah. because that's what was big at the time was cotton tobacco it was a third thing that i cannot remember and the fourth thing that they had to grow was cannabis the reason why they were growing cannabis is because they were using it at they were using the male plants because the male plants is what makes hemp mm-hmm. hemp can be used for everything you can make it for fuel clothes paper pen the declaration of independence is written on hemp paper you yeah. know so um they had they definitely brought people in from great britain to grow it. It yeah. was legal to grow it, you know? So this is what, 1600s, 1700s? No, I'm sorry, 1600s. So how did it go from that to being the face, and it's cannabis. How did that become the face of a gateway drug? I ain't never smoked a J in my life and was like, let me try some crap next. Let me try yeah. some heroin next. Never, i never forget this guy told me, I was about 19 years old. 19 or 20 and this guy told me you keep on smoking weed the way you do you're gonna be on crack by the time you're 30. bruh what seriously <laughs> i'll never forget it he told me he told you me know straight I, up. I argued him down i was like i've never wanted to cr- try crack and i've never tried crack crack yeah. is wet <laughs> you have to bring up the winning interview um i definitely you know did and dab back in my day you know what i'm saying uh, I said that like I'm like 50 <laughs> but you know back in the old college days you know I definitely remember you know having my moments where I'm out smoking weed with the fellas or with the entire band or most of them and you know I, a lot of us didn't turn to harder drugs at all so I know I didn't I'm like yo marijuana is cool but that was it you know it's been a while since I smoked because it's illegal 
and I would never, you know, being in Alabama is illegal here, so I would it's never. It's super illegal there too. Yeah, so I would never, never do that until it's legal. But, um, yeah, definitely. Back in the day, you know, I used to, I was young, okay, people. So you know, you when you're young, of you do course. young stuff. Everybody gonna try something but, when they're young. But I definitely had more damaging moments when I was drunk than from when I was high. When I was high, I was just like hungry. Or I was really chill. I think I sung a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I was drunk. Happy? Yeah, I was happy. But when I was drunk, no. Ooh. I, I hated the feeling. I, what I hate, I'm sorry, not hate, not hate. That's not where I was going with that. I've never been blacked out high. I've been blacked out drunk. Yeah. I've never smoked so much tree where. I was falling over. I might have been slouchy and drowsy, but not falling over, not throwing up, um, woozy. Like, and and alcohol is completely legal. There's so many, there's so many diseases that come with alcoholism. Yeah. And it's completely legal. They you should take your level up, man. My my father passed away from liver cancer. Um. He was an alcoholic for like over 30 years, you know? So I just don't understand it. I just just never really truly understood it. I would probably never understand it until if they legalize it in my lifetime. If it's legalized in my lifetime, then I'm not even gonna ask any more questions. Federally, I should say federally legalized because it's pretty much legal. It's pretty much legal here in DC and I know a couple of other states like Cali, Nevada, um Oregon, Washington, Colorado, I want to say Vermont, Maryland is decriminalized. I can't remember if it's all the way legal. But when it comes legal on a federal standpoint, we could have like just walk into the store and get a blunt. You know? Yeah. They sell alcohol in some states, 7-Eleven, Walmart, gas stations. <laughs> There's alcohol everywhere. Yeah, and I think you can get like in certain counties here. You there are dry counties, but certain counties here in Alabama, no, you can't get it like on a Sunday. But then there are counties where you can get it on a Sunday. Um, the county I moved to, you could get it on a Sunday. You have no idea how shocked I was. I was like, "Yo, I can buy beer on a Sunday." You know, um, I ain't I ain't been a heavy drinker in like the past four or five years. Like I we used been, to have that law here in DC when I was growing up. The liquor stores were not open on Sundays. Yeah, it was just, I, if you're gonna get drunk, you're gonna get drunk. You're just gonna fill up on them on Saturday so you can have them for Sunday. People be peeing on themselves drunk. Yeah, drunk is definitely a different state of mind. You know, <laughs> like, it's drunk, I feel like being drunk brings out all the bad where cannabis can suppress and level you out, you know. On a personal note, I would I've never done anything where I was just everything I've ever done has been for recreational purposes. Of course. So, you know, I didn't do a lot of it. I'm not the type of person that likes to be out of my mind in any state. I, I like to be aware of where I'm at all the time. So I wasn't like a heavy smoker or a heavy drinker or anything. I, I definitely didn't do harder drugs. So, but I've seen the effects of these drugs and I've seen people go to jail for these drugs. Um, I have family members, I have friends that are affected by drugs and alcohol. People that have passed away from alcoholism. 
so you know those things it's an important issue for me because i've lost a lot of good people to, to these things because they didn't know or they didn't feel comfortable with going to like a rehab or, or reaching out to get help or you know society looked at them like they were just thrown away in some cases we've seen all this and the older we get we're like yo just because you're on drugs doesn't mean you're trash or you're not important or just because you drink a lot doesn't mean you're not important let me help you get the help you know and I, if you are a person that drinks or that smokes or you're addicted to well you know any drug you know if someone offers you you the help you know take it if you feel like you need to get the help go and at the end of this episode i'm definitely gonna have a, a drug hotline for uh you to call because you know that's what we the help me. is out there and that's it what everyone is. needs to understand the help is out there you just gotta want that help first yeah um i know for a fact that like these drugs like heroin cocaine crystal meth what uh ecstasy all of those type of things can be very damaging to your body Drug addiction is definitely a disease, and I want everyone to understand that drug addiction is not a choice. It's a choice when you first start, you know? Yeah. But it's a disease because you mentally think that this is really helping you. It is part of your body now. Yeah. A lot of these drugs, especially the hardcore drugs, they're not a mental addiction. They're addicted to, you're addicted with your body. Your body needs it now. You're not gonna be able to function properly without it. Yeah. So. It's, it's just like sex, you know, you start having sex and then you get to that one partner and now they gave you something and now you no longer have the choice. It's no longer your choice. Your body is infected with something because the other person was infected and they gave it to you. So now you don't have a choice whether or not you want this in your body it's in your body you know so in exactly that regard, i mean it makes sense of why we classify these things as a disease but uh, a lot of times online we get hung up in the arguments of whether or not it was a choice yes initially it was a choice but now now that you're addicted or now that you're infected mm -hmm. it's not a choice anymore infected i like that you said that because it does infect your body yeah all right so i'm gonna start saying that i'm gonna start saying that actually thank you <laughs> all right so real quick i found a better more recent up-to-date statistical uh chart here for the drug war and why it failed so here we go okay drug offenses are the and this is at uh drugpolicy.org uh, it's called drug war statistics and it says drug offenses are the leading cause of arrest in the united states which is a wow. huge problem so number of arrests wow. in 2019 in the united states for drug law violations are at 1,558,862 meanwhile in the in the two mile radius there's 20 sex offenders living near me crazy right all right so let's break that number down so the most that people are getting arrested for and this is how you learn about those for-profit prisons 
of why we really need to change the system as a whole um to break down that 1.5 million here the arrest for drug possessions is one thousand three hundred and fifty i mean one million three hundred and fifty one thousand five hundred and thirty three you ready for the sales number now, that was possession that was a possession possession, possession is 1.3 million sales, now let me brace myself let me brace myself go ahead sales arrest 207,328 so you're literally not arresting the problem you're arresting the symptom like no really you, you're arresting the victims of this person's sales yes yes I understand that they had a choice on not to buy it but damn it should be a lot more people arrested for selling way more and for all these people most that, definitely for all these 1.3 million arrests that you got I don't I'm not sure if they're just if any of this is repeat or whatnot but but you definitely should be rehabbing these people when you bring them into jail like because you just bring them in getting the money off of them from the state and you sending them back out for them to come back again how's that helping it's not it's just making the problem worse now black people are 26 percent of those arrested so 1.3 1.5 people uh arrested on possession and sales black people are 26 percent of those arrested we only make up 13.4 percent of the population by the way so the war on drugs disproportionately had the arrest of African Americans in this country. This is responsible for that. Um, the war on drugs is complete bullshit because it was just another way to enslave our people. Absolutely. Okay, so let's break it down for the number of arrests by drug type in 2019. <clears throat> Synthetic drugs arrests. 88,854 other non-narcotic drugs arrests 551,836 heroin or cocaine arrests 371,008 marijuana 545,600 that's the breakdown the number of people currently the number of people currently incarcerated in the United States as a whole is 2.3 million. Currently. Currently. Off of drugs. One out of five of those 2.3 million is drug offenses. Now, this is a crime that could be fixed. Yes. Yes. It's a crime that you could rehab easily. Well, I don't want to say easily. But a lot more easily than you can say, hey, murderer, don't murder. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. It's facts. Yes. Um, I, I agree. Mean, like, for real, like, if you just give them the help when they come into those, like, I've seen prisons in other countries, and I understand you was like, they're criminals and they shouldn't look like hotel rooms. Okay. But they should damn near look like rehabilitation places, not stone walls. The food shouldn't be like that. The food shouldn't be already digested. Like the system is flawed and it is it's not flawed. The system is built badly and it is really time for us to fix it. Like because it's not doing what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to 
rehabilitate criminals and the criminals keep going back because they're not being rehabilitated they mm-hmm. just you just bringing them in and send them out like at this point shit most of their friends in there yeah yeah i'm not saying they're going to jail to hang out with them but i'm just saying <laughs> most of their friends in the damn jail when you send them you like yo what's up you go in there then they get involved in the same things that's on the outside drugs alcohol they sneaking it in i've seen criminals i've seen criminals with uh facebook accounts going live tiktoks and I'm, you know what i'm saying i'm not hating on it you know what i'm saying but i'm just saying like if your sister was supposed to be this tight-knit this is you know crackdown on criminals you are doing a very shady job just saying so actual and factual i agree uh let's see the drug war has become a tool for mass community surveillance with more people being surveilled in their communities than incarcerated there are 238,183 people on parole for drug violations there are 510,937 people on probation for drug uh drug law uh violations it's pissing me off. <laughs> every 58 seconds on average someone is arrested for a marijuana offense so every minute somebody's what? yeah every 58 seconds in 2019 ice made over 67,000 drug arrests that's a drug arrest every eight minutes on average that's right behind illegal entry drug offenses are the most common offense for which people were deported in 2019 the drug wars global impact 150,000 you know number of people killed yeah very much so. 150,000 pe- number of people killed due to organized drug trafficking in Mexico since 2007. 73,000 pe- number of people missing or disappeared due to organized drug trafficking in Mexico since 2007. And up to 20,000 people estimated death toll of the Philippines drug war as of December 2018 ranges from 8,000 to 20,000 approximate number of people in the u.s who died from an accidental drug overdose in 2019 71,000 71,000 so that's like a whole city right there for real all overdose deaths from 1999 to 2019 we are about what 71,000 according to this oh for 20 years 71,000 think that's what this chart says yes that is the number oh, of well, overdoses that, in that case that's different yeah no that's just the overdose deaths uh overdose deaths by drugs from 1999 to 2020 which was overwhelmingly um this is like separated by the drugs 36,602 by 2019 is manufactured fentanyl and fentanyl analogs, which is, which I will uh, give the Trump administration their props on that one because they did ban this stuff. So, and the Biden-Harris administration also continued that ban. 
So fentanyl and in second place, way down under 20,000 because that was almost for it. What is it? 36,000. Next at 16,000, we got meth um, and cocaine is at 16,000, just, just slightly over meth. And heroin is at 14,000 as of 2019 and prescription opioids is at 11,000. So you see how he named all of those and cannabis was not named as an overdose. <laughs> it was not like you were absolutely correct. Cannabis was not on there at all. So, you know, they broke, I mean, it's way more. This whole website breaks this stuff down, but this is the most egregious and after this we're going to talk about the dare program because you got to wrap the show up really quick so here we go the drugs war financial impact 293 million dollars of your money worth of equipment transfer transferred from the military to law enforcement through the 1033 program in 2019 that's how much it costs 293 million let that sink in people 293 million for a drug war let's see 3.5 billion is the amount of money taxpayers will spend funding the drug enforcement agency in 2021 uh how much money the drug enforcement agency costs to run per minute six thousand five hundred dollars per minute and 47 billion is estimated amount that the u.s government spends per year enforcing drug probate pro prohibition that's some big ass numbers for you know for something that could be i don't know fixed because don't get me wrong we definitely have a trafficking problem because the drug is getting here some kind of way and we got a manufacturing problem in some places but all in all this is a huge problem that we're spending a whole lot of money somebody getting paid on something that could be fixed with all you got to do is i don't know force the prison system to upgrade like if you have to i will be okay if we had a monitored tax reform that goes that funnels into the prison system to fix the prison for real rehabilitation hiring doctors and psychiatrists or whatever therapists whatever is needed to like an army of these mugs if this if that's what we need i'm okay with that as long as it's monitored and the money is spent the right way do not put it in nobody's pockets do not put it in right. no that's pocket only a subsidy that they have to mandate that money so it has to go into the updating and upgrading of the prison system as a whole because these people need real rehabilitation any if you got anything else you want to add before we move on to the dare program a little shocked just a little bit shocked and like you said uh somebody getting paid meanwhile kids are still learn learning from textbooks from the 50s meanwhile we still have the 725 national minimum wage like yeah, yeah, yo I, I, don't, I just don't get it like i'm just a little shocked right now i'm just i'm just i'm just but go ahead go ahead <laughs> all right so if you were a kid in the 90s and early 2000s you participated in the dare program like actuals 
I, I know you remember Derek. What was it? The Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Uh, it started. Uh, it was a byproduct of the race war by way of Nancy Reagan. Uh, I almost uh, forgot back that in, part. Back in 1983, um, they had. Uh, let's see. At its peak, I'm reading the article from American American Addict uh, American Addiction Centers org. Um, it says here, <clears throat> at its peak in the early 90s, there was implemented in 75% of schools and cost taxpayers an estimated 600 uh, 600 million dollars to 750 million dollars a year. Let that sink in. From 1983 to 2000 and something, the taxpayers were paying up to $750 million a year for a failed program. You know why it's a failed program? Because most of the people that came out that program did it anyway. You know why they did it anyway? Because what? your just say no wasn't enough. It wasn't. It was wasting money. You were a kid once. If your mom came up to you and was like, you can't have that. No. What did you want to do? Have it anyway. You're damn right. Why can't I have it? And why? why what's making me not want it? It's so funny that we're talking about dare, right? So when I was in the sixth grade, the dare, when the dare program came to our school, I'll never forget our ex lady. So how many deaths were recorded for cannabis? Well, marijuana. And she was like, there hasn't been any anything uh, recorded from overdose or any deaths. And at that very moment, I was like, that's what I'm trying when I get older. <laughs> Yo, right here it says the study found, they did a study and it found, I mean, it was the American Psychological Association. After 10 years of the program, uh, programs inst uh, implemented. Uh, the study found no measurable positive outcomes regarding drug use, attitudes towards drugs, or self-esteem from their program. Uh, let's see. The war on drugs hysteria was rampaging through the American psyche via paranoid media coverage. The Just Say No campaign and a policy of mass incarceration of the drug-related uh, offenses in this environment dare was introduced to school-age children by police officers rather than the substance abuse preventative specialist mm -hmm. okay so i don't know i don't know a kid that like we we were cool with police officers we definitely thought they were cool you know they had a gun and stuff but it was always fuck the police for me i'm gonna read on a little bit more along with the zero tolerance mantra of the just say no campaign some experts claim that the presence of uninformed armed police actually made the program more adversarial than educational, especially for children who had police involved experiences outside of the classroom. So like Nova was saying, you know, the whole fuck the police thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, NWA was also a bigger voice and America didn't say your local police officer was at that time in the 90s nwa was, mm -hmm. was huge so you know i'm just saying all right so <laughs> second thing is uh the politics of the policy 
uh, politics also played a large role in the assumed success and ultimate failure of the D.A.R.E. program, from TV ads to bumper stickers to large-scale events. The D.A.R.E. program presented a facade, I like that word, facade, uh, success for years. And it definitely did because I remember seeing all this stuff and thinking that it was actually like, oh man, they really gotta stop drugs when I was yeah. like in fifth grade. I mean, we did a whole song and everything. We was like, dear, to keep the kids off drugs. We did a video. We was, if you wanna be somebody, if you wanna go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. Yeah, yeah, we did that in fifth grade. And if anybody's listening from, um, my elementary school. I know y'all remember that shit. I know you do. Don't act like you don't. And um, yeah, so we did like a whole viral. Well, not viral, but you know, if it was, I'm glad nobody surfaced that tape. Oh gosh. Whew. Somebody anyway. go find that junk. <laughs> don't don't go find it. Leave it where it's at. At Donahue Elementary School, it's probably somewhere in the archives. There. It's definitely in the archives. It's definitely in the archives. Um, let me finish this. <laughs> Policymakers and politicians, as well as stakeholders who profited from selling, profited from selling their curriculum. That was for you, Nova. That was for you. Uh, they profited from selling Dare's curriculum. Uh, for curriculum. No, you messed it up. <laughs> I can't say the word curriculum anymore. Uh, were fast to dismiss questions of the Dare program's efficiency. In mm -hmm. fact, a 1994 study conducted by the National Institute of Justice, the independent mm -hmm. research arm of the Department of Justice, was a major point of controversy. The Department of Justice, which gave federal grants to Dare, ordered for a large-scale report to be conducted by the Research Triangle Institute, the most prestigious research organizations of its kind, and after analyzing large amounts of metadata, that showed there simply did not work. Wow. So, so they wasted our time in the fifth and the sixth grade. Say no. They did. Again, they wasted 600 to 750 mi 600 million, million to 750 million dollars over a what 20-year period or so, a little mm -hmm. bit more than that. There, yeah, there was around for a minute. I mean, everybody remembered Darren. We remember Darren so fondly that when they uh legalized marijuana, like Darren's photo went around everywhere. And before then, yeah. we was like, all what was it? We all failed Darren yeah we all fell there yeah like I that was right that was before like me yeah because it was true because every one of us just about not all i know but a large amount of us that was in the dare program we definitely we definitely at least smoke weed but they took it off of the list they did take it off the list so but this me personally i didn't fail them <laughs> so <laughs> this is the last point this article made <clears throat> For over 10 years, the D.A.R.E. program involved 45-minute lectures. For me, it was only a chance to not do regular classwork uh, that occurred weekly for a few months. For most schools, the program was incorporated in the 5th and 6th grades. That's what we learned that song. Overall, the, curric <laughs> the curriculum explained the risk of drug use and offered tips of how to refuse them, you know, by just saying no. And it was like a magic 
statement. The program also attempted to foster a better image of the police and address issues such as self-esteem and peer pressure. Now, I do remember, I think out of all of that, the peer pressure campaign was probably the most, but the police propaganda was strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you literally had an officer come in in full uniform and you didn't send like the dopey officers either. You sent like one that looked semi-cool. <laughs> exactly. So, but um, a lot of pla- uh, places in the country had already started getting rid of there recently. At least I, I think it's more recent than anything. And they're replacing it with a po- uh, program called uh, COPS. And that's oh. Community Outreach by Police for Students. Where they're actually implementing a better program a more inclusive program with the kids where the kids have more of an opinion there they have it's just a better thing and if you go to swnewsmedia.com you can go read an article about cops but from what i've learned cops seems to be a more it's a better program um, it says it's a very positive approach to looking at some issues, some serious issues. So in addition to drug and alcohol, we are looking at bullying and internet safety and risk and consequences. So they're doing a better job at um, reaching out to the kids, not being contradictory, not, um, you know, it's less propaganda and wasted money and more proven things that work. So definitely read over that article. Um, I, I seen a video a few months back about this, and if I remember, I'll try to post it somewhere, maybe on the Facebook page. It's on YouTube, but yeah, um, that's definitely my. I, I thought Dare was a failure. That's just the, the end of after all of that. Dare was a failure. It failed us all. It definitely did fail us all. But Darren was cool though. It was cool, like when they came, because sometimes they brought like snacks and refreshments and things. So, yeah. I mean, it was cool as a child, and then honestly, they did, like you said, the peer pressure uh, part of there was very helpful. Honestly. Yeah. And honestly, when they were sitting there, and because I'll never forget how they like went down the list of everything. Of course, crystal meth wasn't huge back then, so that yeah. wasn't a part of the list opioids wasn't really that huge back then even though they existed they was on the list so we had like you know heroin pcp um cannabis cocaine crack blah 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 and they educated like they would tell us what type of effects it would have they told us about like um there was a guy that was i want to say it was a famous musician he was high off a of PCB and jumped out the window or something. I don't know if you heard of that story. No. But yeah, he was like high off a of PCB and he jumped out the window because he thought he could fly. So like they told us like they literally broke it down each drug and the side effects and the symptoms of it. So yeah. it was helpful, but just like almost any organization, the money isn't going back into these communities. These the money is going into the rich bucket. You know? It could have still been a huge thing. Million. But I think it, that, that, that's, that's money money right there. Yeah. I it, and listen, them little snacks and that little bad t shirt and a the sticker. They didn't even give us t shirts. They gave us like stickers and stuff. 
That was not worth seven hundred fifty. Yeah, I didn't million. have the T-shirt either. That wasn't no, worth. No, I didn't have the T-shirt either. I had a um, a little bumper sticker. Yeah, like I, don't, I didn't even get a Darren Steffi. So yeah, I'm a little salty Dare program, just a little bit. But um, I was salty because I heard of people actually getting T-shirts, and I wanted a T-shirt. Yeah, that was see that was one of the seven hundred and fifty million over there. We was on the six hundred and fifty million. <laughs> so, so you know, we didn't get the t-shirts. <laughs> you messed that. But um, I don't think I, the subject matter was probably there, but it's the implementation that was the problem. Um, I don't, and they knew it was a failing program, and they yet continued to allow it to go and spend that type of money. It's the problem for me. So if cops can do the job better, more efficiently, and cheaper, I say go with that program. And it's still a bit of propaganda. It's called cops, but I can let it slide if it's gonna, you know, if it's Not actually them helping. calling it cops, though. Like, <sighs> come on now. Have you ever seen any cop show with like just a, a creative name? No, SVU is not creative literally special victims <laughs> none of it is creative it's not creative you're right nothing yeah. that comes with the cops is creative and even they should even they back in the day with the cop yeah even with the cop cartoons back in the day it was like the most creative thing i've heard the like back up the cops or something was like back the blue even though i hate the saying that was probably like the most creative even and that's still kind of whack to me but that's the most yeah. creative i've ever heard <laughs> The most creative cop show I ever seen was uh, Power Rangers SPD. And that's because they had like a, a literal dog as like the chief. And I was like, yeah, I feel like this is a Scruff McGruff uh, allegory. I bet Gruff was a little bit creative, but that was more of like crime and yeah. why we shouldn't commit crime. So who you think of win in the fight between uh, Smokey the Bear, Scruff McGruff, and Darren? Hmm. I'm putting my money on Smokey. You put your money on Smoke? Oh, he is a bear though. He, he is a bear. bear. <laughs> he is a bear. But but Scruff. Scruff you comes too with the heat. Can though. Prevent forest but Scruff come through with the heat. I'll never forget when Scruff McGruff came to my school when I was in pre-K and I was scared. So I stayed on the side. I just looked at him and waved. That car, that commercial. First of all, Scruff was cool. How do you scatter Scruff? No, I'm talking about like when I was a child. I know, but I'm just saying. I don't know, like I, I don't know, but like I was scared of like the people in the suits. It, I guess it was just the suit that was scary. And she was really scary. Have you seen what Chucky used to look like back in the day? Chucky e. Cheese. Right. Yeah. He look way better these days. <laughs> yeah, he do. Yeah, they really did upgrade Chucky. They definitely did. But Scruff, though, Scruff was cool. That was my guy. He was like, Scruff, McGruff, Chicago, Illinois. 35652. I think that's the number, though, for real, though. <laughs> All right, so before. <laughs> you got me. You about to have me in tears over here, boy. I tell you. I, look, I remember most of this crap that we used, like the commercials and stuff that's like ingrained in your head you know darren had the worst catchphrase too just say no 
That's it, Darren. That's the best you got, bruh. Scruff over here with a whole jingle, and you just just say no. You calling him Darren? Have you been saying Darren this entire time? And that his name? I don't even remember a mascot for Darren. You don't remember the is his name is Darren. I'm pretty sure bro. I'm right. Yeah, bro, he's Darren. He's Darren the Lion. Remember. You don't remember Darren the little. Uh Yes, yes, I do remember the lion. Yes, you're right. Almost forgot. Oh wow, I completely forgot actually. Darren definitely wow. looked like a hippie though. Like he had the, the long hair. He definitely was high. He definitely, he definitely looked like he didn't like he was recovering. Darren was definitely recovering from whatever drug of choice he was using. But they never brought the mascot to my students, at least not from my memory. I I, won't I say remember I was... seeing him though. I do remember seeing him somewhere like on a commercial maybe. Yeah, I don't think I've actually seen him in my school. I've seen him in like, I've seen Scruff in like parades. I definitely seen Scruff McGruff the most. Yeah. No, I, I don't remember. I mean, I think I seen him like in my city. Maybe like the thing they had called Papa Calls and he was like a blue Santa Claus for safety. But he was black though, so, you know. I'm like, oh, why the black Santa Claus only get safety to take care of? But okay, <laughs> but okay, like, whatever. Because they associate black people with protection. <laughs> I guess. But he wasn't that type of safety. He was like electric safety. Don't, you know, don't run with serious type of safety, I think. <laughs> the face you just. <laughs> it was like, that's a bullshit. Shout out, to, shout out to Papa Claus, whoever you were back in the day, because I don't know. Papa so. Claus, boy, I tell you. <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to him. All right. So before we get into the maintenance of the show, we got to find uh, there's a uh, drug Please abuse. Drop the hotline. Hotline that I'm going to drop on you. That number is 1-800-662-4357. It says, speak with someone today. Help is available. That's the uh, SAM. It's spelled S-A-M-H-S-A National Hotline uh, for public health agencies to find substance use treatment and information. Um, then there's uh, gethelp.unitedrecoveryproject. That's one that number is uh, they have a 24-7 drug addiction hotline. That's 877-871-4177. Okay. And then there's the BradfordHealth.com. I don't know if that's 24-7. Yeah, that is also 24-7. That's 866-934-2128. There's help out here. And if you just look up drug abuse hotlines, if you don't remember any of this, Google drug abuse hotlines. And it's like four that's going to pop up. You know right off the top so there's definitely help out here and you know i'm no expert nova's nova kane's not an expert either but we just wanted to do an episode about some of the things that we, you know how the show rolls we mm -hmm. do things that we find important and things that's needed to be said in the community and we might do little jokes here and there but we do to like take uh, mental health uh physical health drug addiction abuse like we take all those spousal abuse we take all that stuff very seriously and we want to make sure people get the help that they need 
So, yes. you want to close? And your- always remember that no one is going to help you unless you help yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's that's a good button to put it on. Accept help too. Make sure you accept the help when people do throw the help to you. Accept the help. Is that our new? Accept it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, one, 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 one more thing. When this connection gets stable, can you hear me now? Yeah. Is it there? Okay. Boom. Yeah. If you know someone that's struggling with a drug addiction, do not judge them because there can be something that they're trying to run from, that they're trying to hide, that they're trying to suppress. First, you want to help them before you judge them, okay? Yes. If they don't want to accept your help, don't try to force it on them. It's going to be even worse after that. Pray for them. Speak positively over their life, you know? Love that person. So, yeah, Yeah. that was the last, last thing that I had to say about that. Yeah, most definitely. You're not a professional, okay? So, I mean, you can do a little bit, but you don't want to do anything that's going to scare them away from the help that they need to get. So, if you need to call in a professional and figure out what to do, you call the hotline and find out what you need to do to help them. You get on their phone, they'll help you, they'll tell you what they need to do, what you need to do to help them. All right, before we continue on too long. You guys to do me a favor and head over to www.thebkspadeshow.com where you can find all of our episodes audio and video our blogs and our very very cool merch stickers t-shirts and masks look at that shirt look at that you want it i know you do gonna get you one um that's the mask no if you got this you gotta tell them where to go Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review and a five-star rating so we can figure out where we should go if you have any suggestions so we can find our tribe. There's more people out here that love us. And yeah, we just we, gotta find them. <laughs> yeah, or they gotta find us. So yeah, definitely leave us then rate some reviews so we'll know which way to go next. And and that's all I got for you guys today. So I have been VVK Space and this has been my very lovely co-host. Nova Kane, baby. And I thought she was gonna freeze on that because I was like, oh she froze no. But anyway. Alright you guys, we was having mad issues with Zoom today, man. But thank you guys for listening. We we always have a blast doing this. Give us that feedback on Facebook, Apple, whatever, and uh we'll see you guys next week. Y'all be cool. We out.